Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamek. Berto Will is your host. Thank you so kindly for being here with our show. We are going to have a great show for you today as usual. We are going to have a great show for you today as usual. Anyhow, what are we going to talk about? A lot. Senor Bruce Howdy, how you doing? British MCP, how you doing? Michael Rudman, how are you doing? Welcome aboard, everybody. Great to see everybody here. We have a special guest that we're going to talk about today, but we, other than that, we have a whole lot to do. Well, you know, uh, our buddy did it, huh? Let's let's check out what our buddy did before we get to the show. Let's do it. Check this out because, I mean, well, let me let me go ahead and tell you what the show is going to be about first, don't you think? But before we get started, folks, please be careful out there in the places of weather. Be careful in the places of COVID, the entire country. Please, I implore, please be careful. We need you to be careful. We implore that you are all careful throughout the country. That is what it's going to take, folks. I'm trying to queue up some of our programming here to the different sites, but our automatic zapper doesn't seem to be zapping. So we may have to zap manually. I'm not sure yet. So let, let me go ahead and see that. Anyhow, folks, um, yeah, please be careful out there. It's getting very, very, very dangerous. Um, I know we have our vaccine that's out now and everybody think everything is okay, but it's uh, we still have to be very careful, irrespective of how good that vaccine is, because it takes a while to take hold. And uh, with with that, we can't take chances. And you know what? We need everybody. We need you all. We need you all to be there. We need, necesitamos que todos están aquí. And you know what? Todos vamos a estar aquí. Okay. I think I got one of my major shares done. So let's go ahead and get started. Let's go ahead and bring the program up. Let me bring that screen up. And then I'll be able to show it all off to you. Let's see what we're going to talk about. Okay. Moms demand action. Shannon Watts and activism. Autocratic Trump's failure. Moms demand action. Sharon Watts makes it clear we can all, we can all be activists. The GOP's acquiescence to an autocratic Trump makes the presidency off limits. But you know what happened today? Something that a lot of people were waiting for for a long time. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. Well, Donald Trump has just lost his last, last, last crutch because guess what? His master, Senator McConnell, has finally spoken. Here it is, and we'll take it on the other side. But our system of government has processes to determine who will be sworn in on January the 20th. The Electoral College has spoken. So today I want to congratulate President-elect Joe Biden. The president-elect is no stranger to the Senate. He's devoted himself to public service for many years. I also want to congratulate the vice president-elect, our colleague from California, Senator Harris. Beyond our differences, all Americans can take pride that our nation has a female vice president-elect for the very first time. I look forward to finishing out the next 36 days strong with President Trump. Our nation needs us to add another bipartisan chapter to this record of achievement. 
Well, the remaining sycophants, the remaining enablers, it is time to call it in. It is time to end the Trump failed era and start to recover what we can immediately. Bring the country back together. Bring the country back from the brink. Bring the country back from its toying with an autocratic fascist regime. Okay, Michael, interesting. Let, let's see what, what, what folks are saying earlier on. Michael Rudnan says, petition signed and share requested. There are 18 of these 126 come from elections they themselves say are fraudulent. Those 18 should be either made to stay, say the election was, were legitimate or have their election redone. The UN supervision, <laughs> with UN supervision, I like that one. I like that one. Bridge says, not sure if it's right thing, Michael, trying to heal, but Dems need guts as well. Yes, they do. Michael said, the Speaker Pelosi to refuse to seat 126 House Republicans who claimed their elections were invalid. 18 inches on the way here. Yeah, I know, I know, I know it's going to be cold. 27% of Americans now say they plan to get a coronavirus a vaccine as soon as it becomes available, according to the latest Axios Ipsos poll released today. A substantial increase from the 13% who said the same in September. Yeah, but we need a lot more. We need, you know what, uh, we actually need 70% plus immunity. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Okay, moving on, moving on, moving on. Um, Farid Sakaria, you know, everybody's talking about uh, one of the reasons I think the election was so close is that the, the Trump myth was believed for too long. And if you believe the Trump myth, and since uh, it's always the economy stupid, uh, people may have uh, forgotten all the bad things that he did and just say, oh, but he made a good economy. Farid Sakaria had something to say about that. Let's play that and then take it on the other side. Donald Trump thinks that by saying things and just shooting them out that it's always right. And, you know, for all during his entire presidency, he would talk about the best economy ever. This was a great economy. And even as he spoke that, the news media would give the impression the stock market's going up as if the stock market dictated what the economic system or what the economy really looks like. Well, you know, uh, finally, now that the guy got uh, unelected, now that he got booted out, now that he's a loser... It's amazing that the reports are coming out, that the economy, number one, is horrendous, but number two, that the economy did not become horrendous because of COVID, but it's simply that Donald Trump was an entire and complete economic failure. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. Far from pivoting to Asia, as Barack Obama called for, America has pivoted inwards. That, of course, is entirely in keeping with Trump's professed economic nationalism. He campaigned for the presidency, vowing to address what he saw as the scandal of America's trade deficit, which to him was the greatest symbol of the country's disastrous policies. But in fact, under Donald Trump, the trade deficit has gone up and up. It is now on track to reach its highest level in 12 years. By any measure, Trump's trade policies have failed. He promised to bring manufacturing jobs roaring back. In fact, the percentage of jobs in manufacturing has stayed roughly the same since he came into office. He claimed that foreign countries like China and Mexico would pay for his tariffs. In fact, many studies show that American consumers have footed most of the bill. He promised that China would buy many more American goods, 
In fact, they are importing less from America than they were in 2017. What jobs have been preserved have come at a staggering cost. According to the Peterson Institute, for every job saved in the steel industry through Trump's tariffs, U.S. businesses and consumers have had to pay $900,000 per job. Were Trump to have saved more American jobs this way, he would have bankrupted the country. In other words, he would have done exactly what he has always done with his companies, bankrupted his companies, right? Because he doesn't know anything about economics. He's a glorified salesperson. So the thing about, let, let me tell you what is so scary about it. It's the economy, stupid. And if you give the semblance that the economy is doing well, even if and as an individual, your personal economy is not doing very well, one has a tendency to vote for that which they believe is doing fine. So Donald Trump came a year, a year away from winning, not in, in votes. We, he lost in a landslide, but he came that close to winning by a few hundred thousand votes in the, in the states that matter, in the swing state, that this guy could have been re-elected president of the United States on not a lie, but on the lies that he told and on the lies that were not efficiently and correctly debunked by our mainstream media. And we, that is what is sad, right? That is what is sad. That a lot of the reasons why Donald Trump came this close is that the people... A lot of people didn't know. But worst of all, worst of all cases is that we have a media that doesn't quite inform. And the absolute worst is that we have an electoral college. An electoral college that could have handed the guy who lose, lost by millions the election. Shame on what we continue to allow. Now, Ali Velshi started to, uh, Ali Velshi did a piece this weekend that I had to clip. I want you to listen to it, then we'll take it on the other side, because it, 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 it is quite important. Ali Velchi strikes again with one of the most eloquent characterization of not only Trump, but the Republican Party that Trump really simply magnified in volume. Check this out, and then let's take it on the other side. The outgoing president tells so many lies so often that I wouldn't be surprised if he drank too much of his own Kool-Aid and deluded himself into believing that a coup is actually a viable option. But it's too facile to blame this president alone for this mass delusion. Republicans have lied to themselves and America for a long time to suit their agenda. This goes back to the earliest lies from Fox News in the 1990s, to climate deniers in the Bush era, to racist birthers in the Obama era. Republicans have, for decades, cared more about telling people falsehoods that make them feel better about themselves at the expense of others than about telling them what they actually need to hear. And that is the truth. Republicans have cared more about cultivating a mass delusion of lies and conspiracies than they have about confronting the real problems that we face in this nation. It's not hard to ignore a devastating virus and the voices of voters when you've been fed lies about everything else for years. So where do we go from here? How do we continue when we have just one functioning political party and the other one on a never-ending ayahuasca retreat? I don't have the answer to that. There will be a lot of hard times. You cannot break a fever like this overnight, but you can speak up. You can make your voice heard. You can take action. You took action more than 81 million times in November when you rejected the worst deluder of them all. 
So in the end, you do matter. What you do and what you say matters. And when this nation is tested, people like you just might be the change agents that break this fever dream on the right side. Look at the incredible efforts of the frontline workers who've saved millions of coronavirus patients. Those men and women did not give in to the delusion. They fought. They are still fighting. Look at the vaccine. We now have our first COVID vaccine because people like you saw the danger of the virus. You accepted the danger was real. You got to work. Look at the four attorneys general who just helped get that sham Texas lawsuit rejected by the Supreme Court. They used their voices and their power to fight back against the lies and the conspiracies to protect our democratic institutions for which people have died. Now, you might not be able to create a vaccine on your own. You might not be able to fight a fake lawsuit in the Supreme Court. But do not discount the importance of your voice. You can fight back against this delusion. No act is too small. This time of year is a hopeful time of year. The vaccine is hopeful. The Supreme Court order is hopeful. Absolutely so. Now, he defined and made a very important point. You, and it's something that we've been saying quite a long time on Politics Done Right. And that is you cannot blame Donald Trump for all that has occurred. Donald Trump is just the culmination of a constancy of lies and lies and lies that the Republicans have constantly told to their people, constantly taking them over to the edge, closer to the edge, closer to the edge. And Donald Trump almost, almost brought us over the cliff. And little do these people know, the ones who are supporting Donald Trump, little do they know that they were themselves going to be victims of the autocratic government they were about to establish. Little do they realize that they were going to be victims just like those they thought they were going to victimize. <clears throat> and you know what is what, what else is funny? Even Republicans are starting to pick up that tagline that it didn't really start with Donald Trump. Check this out from this the ABC News panelist. Too many of us for some time have been putting the corrosion of the Republican Party all on the shoulders of Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump is bad. Donald Trump is evil. Donald Trump has no cooth. Donald Trump is all these bad things that we describe Donald Trump as. But what Donald Trump isn't, isn't that he didn't create the Republican Party as it stands today. All that that is within, the, within Donald Trump became the representation of the Republican Party, the instantiation of the leadership of the Republican Party. We're not talking, I want to be specific here, we're not talking about rank-and-file Republicans who are there trying most to do their best, thinking that their ideology based on their leaders are correct. But... Again, Donald Trump is the instantiation of the leadership of the Republican Party. That's why you saw 126 Congress people try to undemocratically overturn this election until the Supreme Court justices, three of them who Donald Trump appointed, said, absolutely not. Not even us can be that corrupt. Check this out. 
what happens now to those Republicans who, who support this? How dramatically has the Republican Party changed? I've watched the changes. You know, I worked for George W. Bush in 2000 and 2004. There was a struggle in the party among the people that were much more unaligned with the, where the Republicans normally doubt. I think the Republican Party has become basically the autocratic party in America. It's almost as if there's team democracy versus team autocracy in this country. It's not Donald Trump that's changed the Republican Party. Donald Trump represents what the Republican Party's changed. So the defeat of Donald Trump isn't going to fundamentally change this because the Republican Party itself over the last 20 years has moved to this position. And that is what we have to understand. Donald Trump has been the straw person, the straw man. But the Republican Party had already changed to being Donald Trump. And he just became the card holder, the person who was the instantiation of the party. And that is what we have to understand. And once you understand that, we can actually govern again. We can actually govern again. And, uh, you know, we were concerned about El Senor Biden for a while because it seems like Biden was starting to buy the Kool-Aid. Oh, he wants to have... I mean, I want to unite and I want to help everybody. But he has to realize that the rank-and-file Republicans are quite different than the actual Republican politicians because Republican politicians do not represent their constituencies. They represent the people who pay them to be the Neanderthals that they had. Well, not Neanderthals. Neanderthals are oldies. But they are the people who pay them to do favors for them. That is who they are. And, and once we realize that, we can, see, uh, we can see what's happening. The reason why they have to get autocratic now is that the numbers game is over. The numbers game is completely over. So we have to have minority rule to fulfill their modus operandi. And check this out from Steve Schmidt. Steve Schmidt wants to hook up with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Check this out. Wow. Could it be that Trump is going to create one of the most formidable alliances possible? Well, Steve Schmidt, if it's up to Steve Schmidt, conservative Steve Schmidt, who wants to who says he wants to maintain American democracy, just maybe. Let's see. Check this out. Look, um, ideologically, she's as far as you can get from us within the Biden coalition. You know, the Lincoln Project has 600,000 donors. We have millions of followers. Um, when you look at the actual vote shares and how the Biden coalition came together and how it won, it's essential that we keep it intact. Um, I'm a single-issue voter now, and I work for a single-issue organization. We care about American democracy, full stop and period. The debate between progressives and conservatives ends if we have an autocratic leader, and we have an autocratic movement in the United States flourishing. And I think it's naive not to call it what it is. When we saw the type of violence playing out in Washington, D.C. this weekend, this isn't the violence that comes from a rage of having nothing and burning down a city. Um, the type of rage that Martin Luther King diagnosed while at the same time condemning in the 1960s. This was fascistic violence. This was right-wing political violence. 
in the streets of the nation's capital incited by the President of the United States at the same time when every one of these members of Congress, except for, I suppose, a handful of the truly craziest ones, knows that Joe Biden won the election. So what I believe to the core of my being is that the coalition that elected Joe Biden has to hang together because the pro-democracy side of a great debate in American politics cannot lose an election, not ever again. Because if we lose an election, they may not give up power next time and make no, 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 have no doubt about it. Um, what you saw play out over November and December, though it played out as a farce, was in fact the first coup attempt in American history. And that poisoning of American democracy, where you see 77% of Republicans, the system requires one side being willing to lose and to come back and try and win the next time. That is at the center of democracy, and it's in trouble in this country because of Trump and the extreme radical Republicans. Well, I don't think AOC has responded yet. I would love to see what that would look like, uh, some sort of coalition, some co sort of coalition of respect. I don't know how they square that together. Can progressives with the policies known that most people want progressive policies really need to have some sort of a unity? I don't know, but it's an interesting concept and it is something I would love to see how our uh, progressive brothers and sisters respond, those specifically in leadership positions. Hmm, it's a thought. And you know why it's a thought? Because specifically some of those responsible for those who have taken it to the next step, to the next level, where it's turned into fascism, they have seen the light now and it's like, what have we created? Let's just go ahead and ask others to join us in solving that problem that we created. So, I mean, if AOC and any of the progressives were to take up uh, Brother Schmidt on any type of an alliance, it better be one that is really written out with a progressive bias. And why is that? Because we know that is where most Americans are. In fact, indeed, that's where most Americans are. Okay, Big Ed, Biden 2020. Hey, Big Ed, how you doing, brother? Okay, let's see. Uh, Green New Deal, living wages, universal health care, ending the wars. What? Yes, that's what we want. Uh, let's see. Norman says, wait, let me see. Norman had a, a good comment in there that I want to read. Norman said earlier on, where is Norman's comment? The right-wing media and the communication machine, meaning Limbaugh, Fox News, etc., created the people. Donald Trump is following these people that are autocratic and seditious. I agree with that. Uh, one step before that is that the plutocracy created Fox News that created the people to solve the purpose of the plutocracy. Okay, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. Then now, uh, Bridge, M well, actually, Norman says to Bridge MCP, let's be clear, let us be sure the media in the fairness doctrine is possible given the commercial bent. For example, when was the last time we had a real progressive with a real debate with the Republican Party representatives take talking about values that, that drive policy? Very true, very true. What can I say? Uh, let's see. 
Michael Ronin said, Egberto, Steve Smith doesn't believe in any of those things you just read. Oh, I know he doesn't. But you know what he just said? I mean, you see there's a test for him, right? He said he's a one-issue voter now. And I, I have another piece that I could play from him where he says that at this point in our history, there's only one party that stands for democracy, the, the Democratic Party. And um, so I'm going to play that for you tomorrow. I don't think I have the time to play for it today. Because uh, since we are near the halfway mark, you guys know what I got to do. I got to go ahead and say, hey, guys, por favor, por favor, compra mi libro, por favor, guys. I would love for you to support our program. If you are on YouTube, please click the join button to become a part of our posse. Uh, famously named the PDR Posse by Bridge MCP. And if you choose not to click the join button to become a member, please consider clicking that dollar sign there and saying, yeah, I want to give Egberto and Politics Done Right a super chat. If you're not on, if you're not on YouTube right now, but you want to be a part of the PDR Posse, go to politicsdoneright.com slash PDR, politicsdoneright.com slash, I'm sorry, <laughs> what am I saying? politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube politicsandright.com slash YouTube to be a part of our Politics and Right PDR. You want us to support the program? Get our books. Start by getting the book you see on the screen. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. I just placed that on the, I just placed that on the uh, screen. Big Ed wants to burn it. So Big Ed must be another person that simply, uh, so another one of our friends called Tank 28. I guess he got tired of Tank 28, so now he's Big Ed. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Tank 28, Tank 28, Tank 28. All right, folks. Now, you can also offer, you can get our book. If you don't want to get it at Amazon, you can get our book at politicsandright.com slash store. politicsandright.com slash store. And there you can get any one of our, well, at Amazon or anywhere, you can get any one of our books. You can get our or As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom. As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort. You know, you can get all of them. Check it out. Because we need for you to support the show somehow. You can also support the show via Patreon. That is, and let me put that out here. That is politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. politicsandright.com slash Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And, of course, we accept PayPal as well. And that is politicsandright.com slash PayPal. politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Without your support, we are not possible at all. All right. Let's go ahead and get busy with our interview with the founder, creator of Moms Demand Action. This woman is exceptional. Check her out, and let's move on from there. Let's go with Shannon. Here we go. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here. We are here today with a very special person, someone that just won the uh, HPJC, Houston Peace and Justice uh, Chapters uh, Peacemaker Award in Houston, Shannon Watts. She's a mother of five prior to founding Moms the Man Action was a stay-at-home mom and former communication executive. The day after the Sandy Hook tragedy, Shannon started a Facebook group with the message that all Americans can and should do more to reduce gun violence. It turned into a grassroots movement 
to mitigate gun violence. Moms Demand Action has established a chapter in every state of the country and is part of Every Town for Gun Safety. She's an active board member of Emerge America, one of, America, of the nation's leading organizations of recruiting and training women to run for office. Shannon, welcome to Politics Done Right. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me. Actually, um, you know, I think it, this, this is very important, especially in these times. Um, let me tell you something first about the Peace, the Peace Maker Awards. They, they are really serious about the folks who get that particular award. People that are really making a difference, and you are making a difference with, um, with what you're doing. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then, you know, we'll get moving thereafter. Yeah, you know, I um, was a stay-at-home mom of five when I started Moms Demand Action, Eight years ago, I was uh, living in a suburb of Indiana and I had watched all of these horrific national shooting tragedies happen time and time again. And our elected officials really did nothing. And so when 20 children and six educators were killed in an elementary school, I knew again that lawmakers were unlikely to act. And I thought, okay, I wanna be part of something like Mothers Against Drunk Driving, but on the issue of gun safety. And, and what got me involved was a fear, frankly, that my kids weren't safe in their schools. Um, and, and in many ways, I was living in a bubble, not realizing that over 100 Americans are shot and killed in this country every single day, whether it's homicide or suicide or unintentional shootings or domestic gun violence. Um, and, and really what I thought was going to be this online conversation on Facebook it, you know, if you know anything about type A women, uh, it quickly became the largest offline grassroots movement in the country. And, and now we are larger than the NRA. And, you know, we're winning on this issue electorally, legislatively, with corporate policies, educating people about responsible gun storage. Um, it's, it's been a really important uh, work in my life, certainly, um, but I think in, in so many other volunteers across the country. Well, look, let me tell you what I love about your story, first of all. Um, I think that a woman who is a stay-at-home mom, granted an executive in communications uh, formerly, um, who has some experience in that, that uh, you proved that a mother, a mom, could go out there and have influence on the body politic. And I think what happens with a lot of people is that they stay back and they just believe that I don't matter I can't make a difference. And I think you are the embodiment that anybody who decides that they want to take action can take action. So if you were to tell any American person on whatever issue that they really matter, how would you tell them to get started into doing what you've done? Don't let people tell you you can't or shouldn't do something. I mean, I was cold calling people at the very beginning of this work and asking them for advice and counsel. And I can't tell you how many people said to me, you're not the right person, you don't know enough, this will never work, it already exists, don't bother. Um, there were so many naysayers and, and I just didn't listen because I knew in my gut that this, is, this was something that was needed. Um, and. I also knew that, that the worst thing that could happen was that I would fail. And I, I think a lot of times women in particular are afraid of failing in public. Um, and, and, and they believe it when people say that they're not the right person or they don't know enough. When you look at women in this country, 
We're only about 17% of the 500,000 elected positions that exist. Uh, we're only about 5% of Fortune 1000 CEOs. So there are certain levers of power that we can pull. And, and, and that's why I started Moms Demand Action, so that we could pull those levers of power together as women. And if I had waited until I knew enough or uh, until you know the moment was right, I still wouldn't have started Moms Demand Action. So I think it, it, it's jump in. Don't listen to people who tell you not to do something. Don't be afraid of failing and, and trust that you can learn as you go, as, as I call it, you know, building the plane as you fly it. Um, and and just, just go for it if you feel in your gut that something is, is right. Not knowing enough, I think, has finally been proven to be overrated. <laughs> Actually, maybe not knowing enough, but having the character to learn and accomplish something is what's needed. Um, going on the issue of women, I, I can assert that the countries that did the best in fighting the coronavirus uh, were led by women. I can also attest to the fact that most of the activities around the world right now dealing with peace, dealing with uh, these types of actions, are actually being led by women. So um, I'm on board. Uh, let's go ahead and turnover governance. But then... <laughs> Entirely turnover governance. I, I have no problem with that. Now, uh, today's a special day, right? Isn't it? It is the... eight years today that I started the, the Facebook page. You know, I had 75 Facebook friends and uh, I thought it was just really going to be a conversation about the need for women to organize around this issue. And very quickly, it became this offline movement. And, and some of those, you know, original volunteers who called me were from Texas um, and, and, wanted to figure out how they could do this work in, in a state and in many states that frankly aren't hospitable to gun safety. Actually, uh, Texas should have been the first state to call you based on what we, how we are, are here. Now, I think, it, I, I think it's also important to note that um, uh, based on what you've done, uh, there, there are several other organizations that I've seen kind of Come, come up to be to say, oh, let, let's see what we can do on, on this as well. Now, how, what has been the reception between, let's say, the NRA and your organization, and specifically with you? Well, you know, I, I really believe that the gun lobby's worst nightmare was that women and mothers would organize against them. And that is exactly what happened after the Sandy Hook school tragedy. Uh, that, that women decided that we should no longer allow gun lobbyists to write our nation's gun laws. Uh, and, you know, we have been a force, um, not just in passing good gun laws, but in stopping bad gun laws. You know, we have a 90% track record of stopping the NRA's agenda in state houses year after year for five years. And that includes stopping things like stand your ground, putting guns in our schools, guns on college campuses, something called permitless carry. Um, on top of that, we spend a lot of time uh, doing what we call shining a light under the refrigerator and forcing the cockroaches to run out. <laughs> we have really highlighted um, the, what bad actors uh, the, the leadership of the NRA are. And I want to be clear, I'm not talking about gun owners in this country, um, the vast majority of whom are responsible, 80% of whom support things like a background check on every gun sale. This is about the very extreme radicalized leadership of the gun lobby. And uh, they're clearly not fans of mine. Um, you know, threats of death and sexual violence to me, to my daughters, started immediately when I when I started the Facebook page. 
um, and, and really has gone unabated for, for almost eight years now um, as a full-time volunteer. I'm, I'm certainly a target of, of the gun lobby, but I think I and so many of our volunteers made a decision early on. You know, we were either going to back down or double down. Um, and in the face of gun violence that's killing our children and destroying our communities, you know, we knew that, that if we stopped this work, um, that's what would continue to happen. And so, look, if we lose our kids, we have nothing left to lose. And, and that's really been the, the driving force of our work for so long. Let's dispel two fallacies. First of all, uh, you're not anti-gun. Uh, your, 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 your thing, you, you have nothing to do with being anti-gun. You believe in the Second Amendment that people have particular rights, right? Why don't you expand on that to kind of dispel that fallacy that they will use to try to put your group down? Many of our volunteers are gun owners or their partners are gun owners. Um, and I should be clear, we're not just moms. We're not just women. We're also men and students. Um, and, and there's you know, 400 million guns in circulation among civilians in this country. Uh, the likelihood that you know a gun owner if you're not one yourself is very high. And again, the vast majority of them are responsible. They support common sense gun laws. Uh, this is simply about restoring the responsibilities that go along with gun rights. Responsibilities that the gun lobby has eroded for decades. Again, background checks on every gun sale, um, requiring permitting and training, things like secure gun storage and holding gun owners accountable for how they store their guns, reporting lost and stolen guns. I mean, these are just things that, that mainstream America agrees on. Um, it's really just this very vocal minority of gun extremists who don't. I don't know where you stand on this issue, but you know, to drive a car, you have to have insurance because there's a possibility that you could hurt somebody. With the guns, you don't have that, that restriction. Um, um, I don't know where you all stand on that, but it always amazes me that something as lethal as a gun doesn't have those types of restrictions on it, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it, again, that's the work of the gun lobby. You know, they've made sure, um, for example, that they can't be sued when, they're, when their products malfunction or are misrepresented in, in advertising. Um, they got that special immunity from, from Congress uh, a few decades ago. And so they learned a lot from other special interests like the alcohol lobby and the tobacco lobby and wanted to make sure they avoided those same pitfalls. And that includes things like, um, you know, making sure that you are accountable when your guns are lost uh, and you don't report them and they're used in a crime. Or, you know, what's amazing to me is that in so many states, you can leave a loaded gun on your kitchen counter um, someone gets hold of it and hurts themselves or others, and, and in many cases, you know, you're not accountable. And it really does go back to in the 1980s. You know, you can remember that someone would get in their car and and drive drunk and kill their families, uh, and people would say, "Oh, you know, what a, what a horrific tragedy! That person has suffered enough. We can't punish them." And this group of moms came along with Mothers mm -hmm. Against Drunk Driving and said, "Wait a minute! You know, laws are the moral underpinning of our society." We have to hold people accountable when they don't act responsibly. And, and that's simply what we're doing um, on, on the issue of gun safety. Shannon, you sounded like a lawyer right there. <laughs> you sounded like I, a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. I play one on Twitter. You play one on Twitter. Um, right. You know, there's one other thing I want to get in here since we're talking about guns and the NRA. Let's, let, let's remember that the NRA has abused a lot of their, their funders by spending a lot of their monies on jets and, and clothes and all that kind of stuff. Let's, let's, let's put that out there in the ethos. Now, um, there, there's a new administration out. What's your anticipation with uh, your group working with the Biden-Harris uh, administration? So 
Harris ticket was the strongest gun safety ticket in our nation's history. Uh, we worked very hard to get them elected and uh, they, are, they are coming into office having made gun violence prevention a priority. Um, they're already talking about ways that they can address it. We're very excited that Susan Rice will be in charge of, of the DPC, which oversees a lot of different uh, aspects of gun policy. And you know, we're all eagerly awaiting the outcome of the, the Senate runoffs in Georgia. Um, that will determine what we can push through Congress clearly. But, but even if, um, let's say, you know, the, the Republicans still hold the majority in the Senate, you know, there are a lot of things that this, this new uh, administration can do through executive orders. And we've already sent over our ideas. You certainly can't do everything you can do by, by passing laws through Congress, but you can close a lot of loopholes that will save, save American lives. But, you know, um, your issue is not a Republican or Democratic issue. And if, if the polls are to be believed, I think even Republicans are strong advocates to many of the policies that you that you support or that you're trying to get a, get put into uh, effect. Correct. That's right. You know, this shouldn't be a, a right or left issue. Right. This is, should just be an issue that Americans um, can come together on. Again, we have this incredibly wealthy and powerful special interest. Um, that has essentially written our gun laws for many decades. And, and it takes time to loosen their stranglehold on the system. And, and, and that's what we've been doing over the last eight years. If you look at 2010, about a quarter of all Democrats in Congress had an A rating for the NRA. In 2020, only one Democrat who was running for office had an A rating from the NRA and he lost. So wow. it, it is about shifting the consciousness, not just of Americans, but of lawmakers um, and showing them election after election, if they do the right thing, we'll have their back. If they do the wrong thing, we'll have their job. You know, we really believe that if Mitch McConnell would allow a vote on, for example, background checks, um, that it would pass with Republican and Democrat support. It just hasn't been allowed to get a vote. All of the laws that have passed through the House are just sitting, uh, all the bills that have passed through the House are sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk. But that's why you know, we've spent so much time doing this work in state houses and in boardrooms, because you have to build that momentum that eventually points the president and Congress in the right direction. Five children, six million members. Simple question, how the hell do you do it? <laughs> Well, yeah, sometimes the, the five children is more overwhelming than the six million members. But, uh, you know, when I started Moms to Man Action, I had kids in elementary, middle, high school and college. Um, I really? just sent my very last kid to college. Uh, I'm an empty nester now. I'll be 50 in a few weeks. And, you know, I, I wish I could tell you that once kids turn 18, uh, you know, they're, they're adults and, and independent. And, you know, any parent listening knows that, uh, the, the problems just get more expensive and usually involve uh, the legal system. So, <laughs> you know, you never stop being a parent. And uh, it, it's, it, it is my most important job. Uh, the work that I've done through Moms to Man Action is, is, is a close second. Um, but I, I hope that I've set an example for my kids and that I'm sending that, them out into the world realizing that you know, as, as Alice Walker said, activism is, is the rent I pay to live on the planet. And no matter what passion you have as a person, it, it doesn't have to be gun violence prevention, it can be anything. The same principles apply. 
And that is getting off the sidelines, getting involved and figuring out which part of that work you're passionate about and just giving it your all. And that is the exact reason I brought that that up, because I want people to understand that activism comes in many forms and that uh, there's no excuse not to be active for a policy that that one you need and a policy you understand the country. Um, what question would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't ask you? <laughs> well, I, I get asked a lot, you know, do you feel defeated on this issue? Do you feel like you will ever make progress? And, and I think that's because everyone's waiting for this cathartic moment in Congress that hasn't yet come, but I believe is on its way. It's really important that we are winning, right? We have passed background checks in 22 states. We have passed laws that disarm domestic abusers in 29 states. We've passed something called a, an emergency risk protection order in 19 states. Um, we have gotten so many companies, uh, businesses, restaurants and retailers to pass policies that prohibit things like open carry. Um, we have now educated over a million families in this country about secure storage by passing resolutions through school boards. There's so much work that, that is going on on the ground that is life-saving. Um, and, and I just want people to know that we are winning. And if I've learned anything over the last eight years, it's that where this work ends is in Congress. It's not where it begins, um, but it's we're so close to having it happen. Shannon Watts, mother of five and founding mom of Moms <laughs> Demand Action. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Then Right. Thank you for having me. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, it was uh, pleasurable speaking to, to um, Shannon. Um, I mean, it's amazing how she went from uh, a, a mom of five to get, all of this, uh, to get all of this done. It's really amazing that she did such a, a great job in getting this organization formed. Okay, let's go ahead and, um, and see what you guys are talking about here. Let me kind of go up the, the list here and... And start whacking them one at a time. Uh, for those that I need to whack, that is. Uh, let's see. If Trump won, which he didn't, we would be on the road to hard fascism right now. Except that Jews wouldn't be. The scapegoats, immigrants, and refugees would be. Instead, we have corporatism, neoliberalism as the dominant form of government, which isn't fascism except uh, which isn't fascism except under one classic definition. The blending of corporate and state power. You know, Michael Rodnan, that was prescient. You hit the nail on the head. But the one difference, again, as well, is we have power to change. At least we haven't gone into absolute fascism yet, so we can change. Breeze MCF says, hard hat for a hard head, bone head. <laughs> I don't know what that means, Breeze, but I imagine you're talking to somebody there. Okay, let's see. Um, you know, some look, when we are done with Trump, right now we still have to keep the Trump era, some of these topics, because there are a lot of Trump people that are listening that some of this stuff is going to get through. To show them that Trump was an economic failure, to show them that Trump was a trade failure, to show them that Trump left the country in a bad state, to show them that Trump, you know, there are a lot of things left that we have to say, this is what Trump left us. And the reason I still talk about Trump, even though Biden will be the next president, is all the crap that Biden is going to have to clean up, we have to let it be known that it is Trump's crap that we're cleaning up. 
we have to that is one of the things that many of the past democratic president who constantly have to come up and clean the butts of republicans after they 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 give give away the house and leave us with with scraps to clean we we never do the right job in saying this specifically is what he did wrong and that is what we have to do this is the specific so i'm still going to be talking a lot of trump for the next few weeks and the reason why is we have to put that in the ethos we can't make it believe like okay we get out of the trump era we're now in the biden era and somehow there are a lot of things that look so bad that it is believed that this is caused by biden no we're going to point out that these are the ills created by donald trump Okay, continuing down, let's see, let me go down. Oh, let me welcome people as I, I scroll down. Welcome, Bridge MCP, Bruce Ballard, Rodnan, uh, uh, Michael Rodnan. Uh, let's see who else is here. Coming down, coming down, coming down, coming down. I'm going down. I got Bruce again, leaving a message. Let's see what Bruce said there. Actually, only 97%. 3% will be dead. I love that analogy. Uh, that, not an analogy. That, that, that good point. You're too damn good in math, Bruce. I know you're a physicist or a chemist or a, one of the scientists on the screen, but you don't have to be that exact. Actually, you do. We need the exactness. Thank you, brother. Okay, scrolling down, scrolling down. Norman says the right wing. I read that one already from Norman. Let's see. Uh, coming down, coming down. Bridge MCP, Michael. Uh, who else do I need? Paul Fleming. Welcome aboard, Paul. Welcome aboard, Paul. Big Ed, which is also Tank 28. Welcome aboard. Okay, scrolling down, scrolling down. Amar, I don't know how to read Russian, so I don't know how to say that name. Bridge MCP reminds us that we need to be all parts of the PDR Posse. So click that join button and become a part of the PDR Posse. Okay, still scrolling down, and I am looking down. I'm looking down. I think I see new people coming in. Um, gonna, oh, Kathy C. Courtney. How you doing, Kathy? I know you, I, Kathy. Were you at the um, uh, Houston Peace and Justice Center Awards when we gave it to Shannon Watts? She was great, and she also gave a great speech uh, on on um, our on our Zoom out there for the HPJC. That was really good. Uh, scrolling down, well, we have some people that are filling up the feed with a lot of mm, you know. Just remember that universal background checks for new gun sales have over 90% polling support. Michael Rudman, that is absolutely so, absolutely true. Egberto, come on, get your Russian. I don't know about Russian, brother. I own a gun, Bridge MCP. There you go. It proves that even progressives have guns. We know that. Actually, a lot of progressives have guns. Uh, after Sandy Hook, I saw the right-wing bubble say paid actors. That was so, well, I'm not even going to go there. It was that point that I realized a large number of conservatives were insane. <laughs> Nanette Bird-Smith says, whoa, amazing, mom. Yes, she is amazing indeed. You know, and she's so, she's so um, soft-spoken, but so powerful. That just shows that a loud voice isn't always what it takes, right? Because 16 million people membership, that's hard to come by. Most men are hardwired to protect, thus not giving us much empathy. We kill to put food on the table but we have evolved thank you for saying that last sentence we have evolved uh flip twist thank you so kindly for becoming by for supporting us 
Support your local progressive candidates. Thank you so kindly. Support. This message is from Flip Twist. Support your local progressive candidates. Thank you very much for the super chat, my brother. Thank you very much for the super chat. Uh, coming down, let's see. Michael Rodden says, more guns than people since Obama's time. And all. That is so sad that we have more guns than people. Isn't that right? That is so sad. Bridge MCP says, I feel when having all those guns, not, gun, not shotguns, the machine gun, etc., must make someone who is lacking something feels better. Well, you know what they have to say about that. A lot of people, they, they, their deficiencies are usually reflected by the amount of guns that they have. You know, somehow it, it, it gives them a certain amount of power over yours. I don't know. It's crazy. But, hey, that's how some people are. Dave Anchovies. Te gustas los anchovies? Actually, I like anchovies. The NRA is silly. What's the point? Paul Fleming says. Oh, that was a response. Oh, bye, Karen. Who was the Karen that you're talking about, Brother Anchovies? Okay, let's see. Going down, scrolling down, scrolling down. Paul Fleming, Paul Fleming. Uh, Daniel Ledo says, such a sweet face hiding such a sinister agenda. Come on now. Nanette Birdsmith thought the interview was great. Thank you, Nanette. Love you guys. Paul Fleming. Let's see what else is here. Sinister agenda? Laughing out loudly. Thank you, Bridge. I think that was the right answer for that. Uh, Amy Backen, welcome aboard. Amy, how you doing, my friend? Thank you for being here. Bridge MCP, hard hate was Trump video. <laughs> Absolutely so. Mark Smith, how you doing, buddy? You're late from London. London, 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 London. DJ Skids, hello from Connecticut. Uh, yes, and she discussed that issue in Connecticut. And Flip Twist again, thank you very much for that, that uh, super chat. Uh, Bridge MCP, John Cotter, the Alex Jones types have poisoned the right minds. They don't even believe facts any longer. But you know what, Brother Cotter? We are slowly going to change up because insanity doesn't last forever. Eventually, it dies off for most. You will always have those who kind of feel, kind of live in their fog forever. But I still have faith that enough of them will get out of the fog. And look at what Daniel Ledo says. More guns equal more freedom. You know, it, it's one of the silliest things that I always hear about these guys that they, you know, like you saw them in Atlanta yesterday walking down the streets in Atlanta with their guns that they're going to, they're going to have a law. And, and you have one of them saying the only thing that, that, that the, the, the result of treason is death. And, you know, they're talking all this crap. And you sit down and you sit down and you watch them. And you can see that the, how silly they are. Because think about this. They mess up a F-16, come and wipe a whole thousands of them out with one cycle. You can't own the guns that will protect you against some state. What you have to do is make sure that the state reflects you. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, folks. You're not going to beat the F-16 with having all these gun rights that you think you, you own. Because they just bring a tank, an F-16, a machine gun or whatever, something you can't have anyway, and wipe you out. What protects you from the F-16? What protects you from the machine gun? What protects you from the bazooka? Isn't you having a gun, a rifle, that the, the idea behind having a gun is like hunting or whatever you want to do? 
What protects you is you protecting the government and having the government reflect we the people. Had Trump won, had Trump won, that would have eroded. Because at that point, he has isolated government from we the people. Because it would have said that we the people no longer elected our government. Which is why the problem with the Electoral College. Seven million more people voted for, for Biden. And it came that close to Donald Trump still being able to win. Vote or, or, or governing by the minority. That is when you fear your government. When a minority can decide this is what is well. Every government should have two things. One, your inalienable rights, the thing that the majority cannot take away from any human being. And barring that, everything should be democratic. One person, one vote. That is the aberration in our constitution that was created to keep some in power and some without power. Understand that there's nothing benevolent about state rights and giving states equal. That, that is bull. The Electoral College was made for the slave states. Let's learn history. Let's not recreate it. Brothers and sisters, I got to get out of here. But before I get out of here, one more ask again. Please consider getting my book. It helps us defray the costs of politics done right. Allow us to continue doing this. Uh, you can get my book at Amazon. I just put the link there for Amazon. You can also get my, prod, my, 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 my books at our store if you want to cut out the middleman. That can be gotten at politicsunright.com slash store. You can provide us support by doing what brother um, uh, what our brother did. I, I, I lost the name. Now, what's wrong with you, Egberto? You can do what uh, Flip Twist did and give us a super chat by clicking on the dollar sign. Or you can click join and become a member as just like how Bridge MCP is a P on our PDR Posse. And by the way, the PDR Posse was named by Bridge. Hey, guys, if we have a, we have a lot of people that I'd like to have in a, 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 a Zoom chat. Are you guys open to doing a Zoom uh, sometime before the end of the year? I want to send out a mailer and say if, if folks are interested in doing Zoom. A lot of people just like to do this stuff here. Are, are folks interested in doing a Zoom Tell me if you're interested in doing a Zoom. Thank you, Flip Twist. Uh, let's do a vote right now. Who, who here in the room would come on a Zoom if we had a Zoom, uh, let's say, over a weekend before the end of the year? Tell me if you're interested in that, please. I want to know. I want to know. But anyway, continuing. Um, again, YouTube, if, you, you can, if, you're not on, um, if you're not on, great. Cotter is interested. Come on, folks. Keep voting. I, I got to get out of here. Will you do a Zoom? Will you do a Zoom? Will you do a Zoom? Interested? Great. Great. All right. And uh, let's see. You can also become a part of our posse by going on politicsunright.com slash YouTube. Paul Fleming would too. Okay, great. We're going to do a Zoom then. We're going to do a Zoom. And uh, before the end of the year, politicsunright.com slash Patreon to support us as well. Or politicsunright.com slash PayPal to support us as well. All right. Bruce is also in for the Zoom. Okay, folks. I tell you what. I am going to send out, uh, make sure you're on my email list, please. Go ahead and go to, um, go to the website, politicsandright.com or egbertowillis.com and sign up for our mail list. And we're going to do a Zoom. I'd like to get, the thing about it, a lot of people, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do a Zoom before the end of the year. Let's go ahead and do that. Um, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. Is there anything else I need to talk about? I don't think I have anything else to talk about. 
Okay, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.